welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD podcast. I'm your host, Alana, ADHD coach and social worker. I figured out how to manage my ADHD and now I help others do the same through one-on-one coaching, my content on Instagram, my courses, and through this podcast. My best friend Sam and I started this podcast to help you feel seen and understood in your ADHD symptoms. Each week we explore a variety of different topics all about challenges related to our ADHD and ways that we can better work through them. As always, thank you so much for your support and we hope you like this episode. Hi guys and welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD podcast. I'm so excited. We're doing something a little bit different today. So of course, first we're joined with by Sam. Sam's here with us. Hi, everyone. Hello. And then we also are joined by my friend Hillary Abin, who is a fellow ADHDer and a mom of three. Um, I actually know Hillary from our hometown here in Virginia, and we recently connected kind of more through social media as she posts so much like amazing content about her family, mental health, anxiety, ADHD, just such a good resource for moms. And I'm just so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys so much. I am a, I think I'm a longtime listener and seeing Sam like face to face and hearing your voice, I like, I feel it's trippy, but I'm really glad to be here. And yeah, I'm excited to share a little bit. I, you guys have such a cool audience and and lots of different, you know, niche groups. And I know you haven't brought somebody on that's a mom yet. So I hope I don't lose everybody, but, um, yeah, momming with ADHD is a thing. Yeah, we actually always talk about this with like a couple of different subjects that Alana and I just do not feel comfortable imparting wisdom about motherhood. Obviously. Like literally, what could we possibly provide? <laughs> I can only sit back with awe. Like that's all we have is like, wow, that's incredible. So it's really great to have you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I feel crazy because I feel like I was just thinking about, oh, I'd be so great as a mother. I'm super empathetic and super sensitive and all these great ADHD attributes. And then I didn't think of like the flip side of some of the challenges that it would have. So like I looked at motherhood from, I think you guys are both younger than me. Um, From your age, I was like, I can totally handle this. And you guys already have like a little bit of more respect and admiration than I probably should have had. I don't know why I thought I was going to be so dang good at it, but. (laughs) Well, I think it's so funny. I mean, this is definitely, I think motherhood, I think about it almost daily about whether or not it's something that I want to do, or if it's even something that'll biologically work out with my body. Like, I don't know. And I, you know, whenever I talk to my mom about this, she's like, I wasn't thinking about kids until I had kids, you know, like I just, yeah, such like a generational difference between our parents and women now like there's a lot more choices there's a lot more freedom there's a lot more you know ability to kind of pick and choose the life that you want Alana was telling me about a post that you had um that she laughed at which was just you and your kids screaming and it was was like it was all three boys just like running around or like screaming or something oh (laughs) yeah that one like the sensory overload video yeah that happens a lot yeah Yeah, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard for me specifically, like some parents can deal with crying and so well. And for me, it's something that triggers me a lot. Um, Yeah, it makes my my skin kind of crawl like fingernails. It's kind of like that feeling like fingernails on a chalkboard. And I tell my husband that I can like visibly feel my cortisol levels rising. Like I'm feeling that feeling of like, 
it's kind of like slow motion of you starting to lose your temper. <laughs> so at least it's slow and it's not quick. And I have time to react and I'm like, oh no, it's happening. I have to walk outside. And so things like that. But, but yeah, I agree about the generational thing. My mom's like, have a fourth, have a, and I'm like, no, we, this is not uh, breaking news, but we are done with kids. Like three is more than enough. And, um, people always say to me since I have three boys, like, are you, you're not going to have the girl. And I'm like, no, because I've, thought about the fact that it could also be a fourth boy and I've thought about the point that there, there would be four of them so like instead of just winging it I feel like my mom had as many kids as she possibly wanted but I mean my grandma started having kids at 19 19 you know and now I'm 27 and I'm still so far away from that phase of my life like it's just crazy how much has changed I yeah. think a lot has no, changed have you always been like aware of just like your sensory overload or was it really more when you had kids and you were kind of dealing with it on a daily basis? Yeah. So sensory overload got way worse with kids, but I will, I do always remember if my sisters listen to this, which I bet I'm going to make them, they totally will. Um, they will remember in my childhood, my sensory issue was around chewing. I have that, there's that technical term for it. I cannot deal with, as I chew gum on your podcast, um, I cannot deal with the sound of chewing food. I think it's um, like misophonia. Yeah, I struggle. Like it's not something I've cried before. My mom was chewing next to me and I was trying to be really not bratty and really try to deal with it. And I was just like silently crying and like, what's wrong? And I was like, I am the, the sound of your chewing right now. And they're like, so it's really that difficult for you. And I'm like, it's, it's like a feeling I just described where you feel the sensory overload. So yeah, I had it a little bit, but with kids, it's um, next level. And I have, you know, boys, like I said, so it's, you might have quiet kids. You, I don't know. Mine are on a little bit more rambunctious side, but yeah. anyway. We talk about this a lot, which is like how little the universe is built to cater to the things that we struggle with, which is obvious, you know, even without the ADHD, I think everyone probably finds themselves in that position once or twice a day, but it is especially heightened because of that. Imagine if it were just totally normal to freak out about the sound of chewing and it was like socially acceptable that that would be something that would grate on you so much. Like how much easier would life be if if these things, these really niche things that we struggled with, like everyone struggled with. Yeah. Do you guys have sensory overload? I feel like people don't share often that they have that. Yeah. For me, like, so what I thought of is when I was in grad school, like I would always go to the silent floor of the library because that was the only way that I could focus. But the thing that was so difficult is that because it was so quiet, if you could hear anything specifically for me, it's chewing too. Um, I would, it's like this, I don't know how to explain it other than it's just, I get so irritable. It's like physically irritable and I need to just like punch a wall. And I remember my friends like being like, what do you, like they watch me absolutely lose it. Like I'm just going crazy. And they're just like, what is happening? Like people just don't really get it. Okay. I'm having the moments I have when I listen to this podcast on the regular where I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like while you guys are talking, (laughs) it's happening live. I feel so seen all the time, like when you guys are sharing. So thanks for sharing. I love that. Kind of like a segue, a leap off the topic, but not by much. We mentioned this last week where Alana had a post that was like, you know, what are some things with ADHD that you struggle with? And rage came up a lot. And that was the first time in my experience that I've been like, oh my God, is that 
ADHD, like this whole feeling so insanely irritable about things that I feel like I should be able to let go. Like for me, it's when I'm in the airport and someone is playing a video without their headphones in or FaceTiming without their headphones in. I feel my body go into fight or flight mode and I have to leave the area. If And I would never talk to, I'm not a confrontational person, but that's okay. how close I come to like throat punching someone. <laughs> I, I love it. I am like, I, it's so interesting. Now I'll notice that that doesn't bother me, which is fine, but it's just so inter- interesting that we have like different processing issues, but, yeah, but all, the all the same feeling rage. <laughs> yeah. I think like a lot of it too, is like knowing your triggers so that you can kind of like at least be aware of when it's like starting to happen. So you can like hopefully remove yourself from the situation, but it's still like in the moment it's, it's so you difficult. Talk, if you feel comfortable, you talk a little bit about when you were diagnosed and kind of your journey with that. Yeah, sure. Um, so I was diagnosed in adolescence, like right before you went go into high school. I had some, I was a bad teenager, as my mom would say, just like moody, ragey, all that kind of stuff. And my mom is very much different, but she's into therapy. So I went in to a therapist and they were like, you have ADHD. And I was put on Adderall. Um, and so, yeah, I'm lucky from like a female perspective. I know like females are way underdiagnosed, uh, in that age range. So I was pretty lucky because I got, um, multiple F's my freshman year of high school. I was like not attending class. I was just thinking about everything, but what was going on. And then I, got on Adderall, like maybe after the first quarter or something. And I finished with like a three, nine or something. I got all A's the last three quarters. So it was kind of like a night and day difference. Um, so I stayed on Adderall throughout high school and then I went off of it in college, which is so odd. It's like around the time people look for Adderall, I was like, I want nothing to do with it. Um, and so I've been unmedicated ever since, which is crazy. Um, I thought about going back on medication um, when I started my career and ADHD started to impact work, but that was, I got married at 25 and we started trying to have kids at 25 and I knew that you couldn't take Adderall when you were trying to conceive. So I was like, I'll just get on it after baby. And then I just had my last baby um, in January, like of last year, not this year. So I have an 18 month old. So, um, it's been like a long time, 25 and I'm 33 or four. I don't know. 89. I'm 33, 34. This happened to us last week. I forgot. I don't know how old I am. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm 34, Um, but so I haven't been medicated in a long time, but, um, I'm totally pro and, and, or natural or whatever anybody wants to do. But when I did take it, it worked for me really well. It's already for anyone with ADHD, like going through transitions are already so difficult. And so like, I can't even, imagine like the change of if you are reliant on medication or it does support you and then like all of a sudden like having to go off of it like that just must be so crazy yeah it's a lot especially like if you got pregnant unexpectedly or something like that and you have to make all these big decisions but yeah I think I was thinking about that before like I think before I started trying when I was 25 I was considering trying Adderall but I knew I was trying so anyways I was aware of it with the Adderall side of things then I developed anxiety, yeah. so that that was a whole other issue. <laughs> Another comorbidity. 
Yeah. yeah. So for you, will you talk about a little bit about the transition going, going into motherhood and just working through the t- challenges that come with ADHD? Yeah, I think right before I ended up getting pregnant, I um, kind of felt like my ADHD was dormant. I felt like I had things in a jive. And I think it's because my only responsibilities were literally looking back on this time in my life is so wonderful. Like watching Netflix, hanging out with my husband, cooking food, like what should we order? Granted, we both had like regular jobs and we worked 40 hours. But other than that, we were just kind of like living our best 20s life. Occasional workout, not really, but on on his side. But it was very like a chill life. So like my ADHD symptoms were I go on these sprees where I would cook for three weeks and like get crazy in the kitchen and then just give up cooking for a month. Didn't bother my husband because we would just go order out that week. Or if I would procrastinate on this massive project and then work three nights in a row till midnight, my husband would just play video games by himself and he'd be like, oh, you're back. So everything just kind of like jived and it didn't impact my husband at all, my ADHD. He's like, oh, she's just quirky and has weird hobbies and it just, you know, does her thing and is social and then needs days to recharge. All those normal ADHD things didn't really impact my life in a negative way. Um, and it wasn't until we had kids and I realized like all the systems and all those coping mechanisms and how I got my work done and how I spent quality time with Emmanuel and things like that, like it all got rocked. And I was thinking, oh, I'm horrible at this. I can't seem to feed us. I can't seem to get my work done between nine to five because after the nine to five now I had to go pick somebody up at a daycare and then feed them and do the whole bedtime routine and do this. So there was like all those hours where ADHD is not my motivation and energy is very inconsistent. As I have heard you guys say that that's very normal. Like some weeks I'm amazing and some weeks or days I'm not, I don't have the luxury to tap into outside time as much. Um, so yeah, things shifted completely and it took me a while after having my first son um, to realize that it was ADHD. I kind of thought I really sucked at this and I shouldn't have had kids and I kind of went down a spiral of like, I should have thought more about this. I was not prepared. Just a lot of negative self-talk and being a mother without ADHD comes with like massive hormonal shifts and anxieties and all of that. And then you add on the fact that, you know, my entire life system was dismantled. Um, it was tough, but I made it through. Cause I can't even imagine, like, I feel those feelings of just like not being good enough or not being able to keep up yeah. in my own life, taking care of myself, mm-hmm. let alone, like, I can't even imagine, you know, another human. I babysit for a family with four kids. I find that when I'm done and I put them all to bed, I'm like, I don't know how to breathe anymore because I've just been living for the past five hours from one crisis to the next. And then I get to be done. When the parents come home, I leave and I go home back to my life. You know, like I can't imagine if you don't ever clock out. And that's just like, I feel like it makes me panic because I don't know. Do you ever just feel like you're going just from one minute to the next? I count down like a lot on my Instagram, it's like the hours of four to seven. So like I get off work and then four to seven is just this insanity and you just wait till bedtime. Counting down to bedtime is totally normal and healthy. I don't, I stand by it. Like people are like, I love every minute. Of course we do, but we also need, there's, so once you get into the mom side of I, Instagram and the whole 
it's a whole, obviously motherhood's a whole community, right? And there's moms that are, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to label them, but there's the, there's a group of moms on Instagram that are super real and like kind of, uh, I don't, they, there's the ones that glorify motherhood and make it seem like beautiful and that they're so present and kind of make the other mothers feel like, what, what type of experience am I having? Am I doing this right? Cause it's yeah. chaos, like you said, and it's crisis after crisis and they're posting, you know, beautiful moments. And then, um, there's another side of people that say like, I'm sick of moms just sitting and complaining. It's like, choose happiness, choose gratitude. So stop being so real. So I kind of play in the middle, I would say, because I, I keep it real and share some, like crazy screaming videos and like can't like go on my stories and I'm like well that was fun and say stuff that happened and I also randomly post reels where I'm like I'm tipsy watching my kids play in the sand and I could cry like just random it's like polar opposites so there's someone out there that's complains that moms complain too much how oh dare yeah they? oh my gosh oh yeah I've, the mom shamers it's I'm bad sure. yeah so you just have to like and we know with ADHD and like any type of thing, like both emotions can exist, exhaustion and pure joy, yeah. like sadness and just, you know, euphoria, like it's, it's very fluid. So yeah. I share both whatever moment I'm in. And then some people, you know, you have to pick a niche and kind of brand yourself. Maybe they're just branding themselves that way. But I am a firm believer that we all experience it all. It's just what people are willing to share. Well, and it's like, yes, you have children and yes, you are a mother, but that is not all that you are. Like I feel so often in mom talk and like mom Instagram and stuff. And my mom and I have this conversation a lot, which is that she's still a human woman outside. Like maybe it's kind of like I've known Myra for my whole life, but she has had a life far beyond me. And so I always feel like sometimes moms and especially moms with younger kids are like siloed into this area where they can't escape until their kids are 18 and have moved out of the house. And now you can have your life, you know, and now you're free to have a range of emotion. And that seems so. This is So you just said that you are a whole person outside of motherhood and another, I won't say divide, but another difference some people will say like working moms or moms that have careers um, are have that identity. And then there are other moms whose sole goal is to stay at home with their children and not work a corporate or other type of job and really just caretake, which I feel like there's space for both types of moms. Like if my mm-hmm. sister totally. wants to very much be a stay at home mother and care for her children full time. And I very much want to work. So some people will look at working moms and be like, Oh, I'm just lucky enough that I get to stay home. And I'm just blessed enough that I get to be a stay at home mom. And I'm like, you assume people that are working have to work, but sometimes it's a choice. And sometimes people want to keep that side of them. So yeah, some people want to just make it their whole personality trait, which is totally fine. And then sometimes people want to keep some parts of their past life again I feel like no wrong answer I just stand firm and confident in like what my choice is I like have no shame that I want to work I have no shame but there's a lot of people that do have a lot of shame that they work or choose one way or the other yeah 
and a lot of people on the internet giving their opinions about what it should be and everything. Yeah, I don't. I have a very small account, but I still get some fun, nasty grams, which is which is fine. But yeah, if I'm getting it, there's probably a lot of moms getting it. How do you juggle the ADHD component of your life with kids and work? Because you have kids at home, right? No. So luckily they go to school, they go to daycare. They're in full-time daycare. Yeah. I have a friend that has kids at her feet while she's like working a corporate job. And I, I ask all the time how it's possible. Um, so mine are out of the home luckily. Um, but you know, just because you guys work that ADHD and work is just, it's probably my biggest, I don't know, not pain. I think it's my biggest pain point. My ADHD symptoms are worsened by work sometimes even more than motherhood just because I also have a demanding job and I give myself more slack at home with the kids for some reason. Cause I'm like, I'm doing my best and I'm literally obsessed with them. I feel good about it. Um, but at work I feel always short, like I'm not good enough. I shouldn't have got this promotion. Very negative self-talk at home. I'm like, I'm a good mom. I love these kids. And I just feel like that's enough, but at work I don't feel like I'm enough. Um, hardly ever, which is funny. Because working nine to five is like, and Alana and I talk about this a lot, it's oil and water for me. And especially working from home, I don't think I could go into the office every day. My life isn't centered like that anymore. But I mean, it feels like a lose lose. And no one cares at my job what my intentions are. You know, like I feel like with family and friends, and again, I'm not a mom, so I'll only speak to what I know. But like with family and friends, my intentions always come from love and from a good place. And if I mess up, it's pretty easy to forgive because people know that I genuinely care and I'm doing my best. But at work, yeah. if I mess up, my boss isn't like, oh, I know you love your job. So I'm going to, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. okay, That's, you've met, like, you know what I mean? I, was, I could literally talk about work. All I've had, so I'm older. I feel like I've been working for like I've, over 10 years or whatever. So I've had lots of different types of jobs where, well, not a lot, but I've had probably three or four different jobs and I always get by, but sometimes like, I, I think I was listening to an episode where Sam, you're like, I always get my work done. My boss knows I always get my work done. That's all that matters. And so I always pull through, right? Like I'm always pulled through. It's yeah. just the emotional stress that I put myself through just to get my work done. And the, the way I get to point B is sometimes so frustrating. And so in my mind, not productive, which I shouldn't care about because the result is there. Um, but it's just, you know, the path that we go down, you're like, I could have done this so much more efficiently and with less anxiety and all of that. And then I struggle to learn from my mistakes. So I have to read this plexi that I sent to my friend last week. And I was literally like, do you ever feel like your boss hates you? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. But why would I care how my boss feels about me as a person if they like me as an employee? But sometimes it's like that people-pleasing aspect in work is really thrown off too. You know, yeah. like you want your job, but you also want everyone to adore you and be like, this company would not function without Sam and her giggles. But no one cares about me and my giggles. 
I don't know. I just, you know what? That's what no, I, I literally mind. relate, but on the other side, I'm like, the only reason I'm here is for my giggles and my personality hire. They're like, Hillary, come make it fun. And I'm like, yeah, you guys need me <laughs> to like do anything? And like, they're like, just come to this meeting. And I'm like, I want to contribute. Like, I've got stuff to say. And they're like, sure you do, Hill. Uh, and so I feel like it's the opposite. I'm like, I have a brain, you guys. And they're like, you're great. And I'm like, Thanks. Like, I don't know why you guys like me, but I struggle at work. Uh, they always, does your, do you get good reviews? You say your boss hates you, but like for the most part, you have a job. You haven't been fired. Nobody yeah, hates I, Sam. I, Sam just I thinks even, everybody in the world hates her. Literally not a single person. Oh, I'm pretty sure everyone in the world Not a single does. person has ever hated Sam. Impossible. Literally ever. Read you guys this, I'm going to read you guys this team's message between me and my coworker. I said, have you spoken to our boss today? I feel awful. I've had to send her like 80 Teams messages and I, and I have to send one more, but I just don't want to annoy her. And she was like, oh, don't feel bad. I haven't messaged her enough today, so it probably balances out. I honestly have never seen her get annoyed with anyone. And I said, okay, my anxiety-fueled intr anxiety intrusive thoughts are running wild right now. And she was like, tell them to shut it. You're A-plus in our book, Sam. Seriously, you're rocking it here. I, re I go back and read that message every day. Every As you day. should. You should print it and put it on a little frame on your desk. This is actually a good corporate hack or work hack, honestly. My friend Sarah taught me this. She made a folder in her Outlook email and pulls all of the emails and chats that she get that are that's like complimenting her into that folder. So when she's feeling a little nervous or down, she just reads those and they're all in a place, you know? So I don't know if you I ever want to do that. I love how you told your coworkers that you have yeah, intrusive no. thoughts. So you're pretty open oh, with them. See, that's well, awesome. My, my ethos is if I share personal details first, people will be more inclined to be open with me and they'll feel safer. But like, sometimes I guess I don't realize that that's a little much for some people. Like I was at a coffee shop today with one of the baristas who I've since gotten to know pretty well. And he was like, yeah, on your first day when I met you, you just told me like all of this stuff. And one of my coworkers turned to me and goes, do you know her? And I was like, no, I don't know her. She's just random. And I had this moment of like, oh my God, that is so embarrassing. Like I just She's just a random face. girl trauma <laughs> dumping on me. <laughs> I love it. I agree that when you share people, so people funny. feel like they can share. And if it's no skin off your back and you don't care what they think, then I think it's great. I mean, sometimes I'll be like, trigger warning, yep. I'm going to share something horrible because I don't want to trigger anybody. But if it's just normal stuff, I feel like. Yeah. And I love I mean, that your coworkers know you. Yeah. I mean, I make it pretty difficult to not know really me. Much. I'm definitely yeah. like in the habit of sharing like that. But, you know, it does yeah. kind of catch you off guard when someone's like, wow, you share a lot. And I'm like, where are we going with this? Is this good or bad? Yeah. Hillary, do you did you share or disclose your ADHD with your employer? With the employer I was at for like seven years, I ultimately did. But I definitely waited until I felt like things were going well. Like I waited years. And then finally, when we got close, um, like being with the same boss for over a year, I'd be like, yeah, you know, that's a good assignment for my ADHD. And I kind of slid it casually a few times. And then one time he's like, do you really have ADHD? And I was like, oh yeah. And he's like, 
Oh, that makes a lot. Of- yeah. Why would you just say that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Why would I just be saying that? I mean, yeah. So I basically kind of just dumped it on him, and then he got really like he had the best response you could like anticipate. He's like, Oh, and I said, yeah, that's sometimes why it's hard for me to do X or sometimes why I tell you these tasks are like the worst thing ever. It sounds like it's really hard for me to get started on those. And I didn't, you know, get too therapeutic on him with like all the symptoms, but I shared that with him and he's like, Oh, and is that why you're good at solving problems? Or when that system broke, you fixed it for 12 hours and I was like yeah I love problems and he's like this makes so much sense so he would start to like kind of job craft for me a little bit he'd be like um let's have you do all of this and have you do all of this and then we would talk about how I was like I like to do all my strengths but I also need to like stay fresh on some of these other things like I can't not if you're not my boss, I have to still go back to those 40% of tasks that you just have to do. So I was like, don't baby me too much. And so he would try to develop me in those areas. So I got lucky. But I have a new job in the past year, and I have not disclosed that I have ADHD. And I think it's just because I don't feel comfortable. I, like if they listen to this podcast, which is a possibility or something, like it's nothing that I'm hiding. It's just not something I guess I've overshared yet. Like, yeah, so. Right. I'm sure it'll come out if I stay for a long time. A lot of people ask me this or they'll ask in the DMs like advice about disclosing. And it really comes down to like, which is better for you in terms of like, if it's going to add more anxiety or add more stress of like, oh, are they wondering this or are they watching me do that? Then like, obviously it's not worth it. But it sounds like like that first boss, you said it was so accepted and like he was like willing yeah. to understand and, and I think one so of the reasons important. I hold back now is because it's like what's what is would be the point of me sharing right now am I asking for resources do I need accommodations do I need yeah. different deadlines? if there's no action that I need from my company and they're not going to I'm not asking them to do anything for me I don't really find the value in it because it's just to get it off my chest it doesn't really I can tell you guys I can tell someone else so if it's something you really need, like I'm struggling to do this particular 20% of my job. Is there a way we can take this off my desk and I can take something that I see somebody else doing that I love and I'm really good at because you feel like it's going to affect your performance or something like that. That sounds like a reasonable request and you could maybe disclose why it's so tough for you. But otherwise, if you're just sharing to share, I, th- I guess think about why you want to share. Is also it also depends on the environment like there's a lot of companies nowadays where the people are friends for first and foremost and then co-workers you know like I think it just depends mm-hmm. on the people that you're talking to also yeah I feel like just use your best judgment for sure which like I was at a conference a couple weeks ago and we were waiting in line for lunch and one of the women, and I am well above drinking age. I just want to put that out there. And one of the older women was talking to me about like my weekend plans or something. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm probably just going to go to a bar with my friend. She's like, whoa, that's too much information. Was like, really? <laughs> you asked. I'm like, second guessing like thing. all the things I've said in the past week at Sorry. work. I told my, fa- my friends, my coworkers, I was going on a bachelorette party on a yacht and there may or may not be strippers. I was like, I don't know. And I was like, I'm nervous for this bachelorette party. And they were like, oh, have fun. This woman is like, that really caught me off guard. I was like, what do you mean that's too much? I work also at a school. So it might be a little different. 
I literally feel like I have the opposite problem. Like the coworkers in so my like, job, they'll be like, so Lana, got any plans? Got any plans? And I never have plans. <laughs> like, it's the complete opposite. Like they always think I'm like, or they expect me to have these like exciting things to share. And they're like, any dates or anything like no. that? And I'm like, no, no, no we're good. Just, it was a chill weekend. But um, I did want to also ask you, because you were talking a little bit about like delegating like, yeah. responsibilities and work and everything. As far as when it comes to, ADHD at home, do you and Emmanuel like do that or how does that kind of work? Yeah, for you so guys absolutely. Like the same in an ideal work world where I would take, you know, the tasks that are very difficult for me to start. There are tasks like filling out forms specifically at work. It, it just doesn't happen. It's I have paralysis every time. There's tasks like that at home too. Laundry. I cannot. I have never successfully like washed dried and put away laundry in the same day. Like it's just never happened. So there's things that I've completely taken off my plate. And like Emmanuel does all the laundry in my house for all three children and himself. But I also enjoy cooking. So I do all of the cooking. So for us, we have like a very segregated house where I just don't have to deal with those triggers or think about or just talk negatively to myself about laundry or Oh, there's more things. We're very like divided. I don't take out the trash, never taking it out. And some people will just have a lot more fluidity in their house chores and stuff. Um, I take care of like all the kids' doctor's appointments. I take care of feeding all the kids. And he doesn't ever like think, what are they eating? So and I feel like that helps. There's still stuff that I'm not great at that's on my list. But for the most part, it's not things that literally, you know, kill me inside. Did you guys talk about your ADHD before children or did this just kind of come up as a necessary, you know, we have kids and we should discuss what we're good at type of thing? It, so he always knew I had ADHD, but like I said, prior to kids, I was kind of just living my best ADHD life, coasting. That's a great word. Yeah, I was kind of coasting. So it took me a while after having the kids to realize what was really surfacing was ADHD. I thought it was, well, I was anxious. It was making me anxious. The fact that I, everything was kind of falling apart and my husband and I weren't driving on who's doing what and everybody has these expectations and nobody's meeting anyone's expectations. So ultimately I will, I will say it probably took over a year to be like, and working with the therapist to be like, your ADHD, D is definitely impacting all of these things, like all this task initiation and all of this. And so then I explained it to my husband who um, doesn't have a background in mental health or a lot of exposure to it at all. But he's like, it was kind of a tough sell at first. He's like, okay, so you don't want to do the dishes because you have ADHD. And so it took a little while to be like, I literally am laying here and I feel so crappy and I can't physically do a task. And I was like, it's not something I'd wish on anybody. And so he got empathy towards me over time. So um, it was a transition. Like our toughest time in marriage is definitely after having the kids and trying to rebuild those systems. And we made it through. But if somebody else is listening and they're having a hard time in their marriage because they struggle with anxiety, ADHD, any of those things, like it does take a toll on your your closest relationships. So, and you can get through it, but it's tough. Like you could actually just talk about this stuff for hours. Like limiting it to a podcast feels very strange, but I'm so glad to just have your insight. And I'm so excited for the listeners to hear this episode. Yeah, it was awesome to share. Thanks for having me, you guys. So of course, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? 
Yes, I'm on Instagram at Hillary Abin, and I think I told you I share a lot about motherhood and mental health, ADHD mostly, and just real life um, is going on over there. And I love everybody that follows along. So love to see you there. She has the most adorable three boys, like so cute. I love your videos. I'm really, I'm not just saying that. It's so fun to watch. Um, But actually I did want to ask, so wait, how many sisters of, how many are you guys? Yeah, we're five girls. Oh my god. Five girls and had three boys. Yeah. Yeah. That is wild. Five girls and I'm the only one diagnosed ADHD, but the verdict's out on everybody else. I'm not gonna say any no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I'm I'm the ADHD girly of the fam. Well thank you so much for joining us and I will link your Instagram page in the show notes for everyone to check it out. But yeah, thank you so much and Guys, we will talk next week. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Hillary. As always, thank you guys so much for joining us for this week's episode. You can find me on Instagram at Coaching Violana, and you can find the podcast on Instagram at absolutely.adhd. Don't forget to like, follow, write us a review so we can help keep sharing this information with more ADHDers. As always, we really appreciate the support, and we will see you next week.